you know, for too many Christians, um, I, uh, I think their faith looks a little like this. It's comfort Christianity, right? So we got our, oh, we got our lazy boy recliner and, uh, oh, you know, faith is, uh, our, our Christian life is a little devotional book, got Heinz feet on high places. Oh, I've got my cup of coffee, little Jesus, little coffee. And uh, we see our, our Christianity as just some, some refreshment, some relaxing before we go into the real world. And so that really is what our faith is all about. How can I just kind of get the, the coziest, most comfortable Christianity I can get? But as Scripture says, this is not the case of our life. So if you look at 1 Peter 5, we'll put it on the screen. It says this, be alert and of sober mind. Let's put that on the screen. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist. I always knew the devil would have long hair and that <laughs> So he travels around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him be strong in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is un undergoing the same kind of suffering um, you've heard me say many times that the the most recent surveys of Christians uh, less than 50% believe in a real devil that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. He wants us just living this, this comfort Christianity. So today what I want to talk about is shattering strongholds. Shattering strongholds. And it comes from this verse, 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. This is very important. This is a lot of where we're getting this whole concept for this sermon series we're in, entitled Winning the War of Your Mind. There's a battle for your mind. And look at what Scripture explains. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. So we're sitting here just relaxing, drinking my cup of coffee, reading my devotional book. What we don't know is that the devil actually is putting us in strongholds. So it says this, that we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. What we don't realize is, ah, I'm in a stronghold. This is crazy. So what, what is a stronghold? I, I love what one Christian author says. They say a stronghold is an area in which we are held in bondage or in prison due to a certain way of thinking. So here I am just thinking, oh, I'm just gonna relax. And what we don't know is this, just while we're sitting here, I didn't do anything, the devil comes and he starts afflicting me. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe my comfort Christianity will get me out of it. Maybe my devotional book will help me. <laughs> oh, maybe my coffee Christianity will get me out of it. No, it's, it's just not working. Comfort Christianity is not working. Let me tell you, you never fight a battle from a lazy boy chair. <laughs> so this is what we talked about last week, this, this core foundational truth in waging the war of our mind is that we need to put on Christ. 
Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. It says, put on Christ. It says, we have the mind of Christ. So I cry out, Jesus, this comfort Christianity is not working. Come and help me. Jesus shows up. And, and, and you got to understand that, that Jesus, Jesus isn't just the Prince of Peace. He's not just the comforter, right? What, what, is, what does Scripture say? The scripture says that he's a mighty, uh, what it says in Zephaniah 3.17, that he's a mighty warrior. Or, or in Revelation, Revelation 19, it says that he's the ruler of the armies of heaven. So when you put on Christ, you actually, Christian, listen to me, you become a warrior. We're in a war clothed in him. So, so just, just sitting in your recliner watching a bunch of YouTube videos isn't enough. Like, that's, that's not how we're to live this Christian life. So we need to put on Christ. So we're like, okay, I'm gonna, I am going to get rid of just this, this comfortable Christian mentality, and I'm going to put on Christ. I am going to put on. Here I am. I, am. I am ready to fight. And then the Scripture says this, the weapons we wage war, they're not the weapons of this world. So when you, when you put on Christ, he gives you weapons. Right, a soldier, a soldier just doesn't, just doesn't walk around with a lazy boy. A soldier takes a weapon, and so, so, so maybe your 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 stronghold. So the stronghold is a mental thought that keeps you in captivity and it's afflicting you. Like you're you can't you can't go where you want to go. And so the Bible talks about the word of God being a weapon. Right, Ephesians six says we put on the armor of the spirit. And one of the armors, so we're talking about the helmet of salvation, the the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. But one of the things it says is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hebrews 4, we talked about it last week, says this, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. So what do we see when, when Satan came to attack Jesus, right? Think about that. So Satan came to attack Jesus. Sometimes we think, oh, if I just got godlier, I wouldn't be attacked. Or if I was just really following Jesus, then there's no attack. No, actually, Jesus was being Jesus, and he got attacked. And so what does he do? He says, it is written. And he would combat the attack, these temptations in his mind. He would contact him with the word of God. So let's say that you have a stronghold of fear going on and you're, oh, I'm getting really scared. You know, what's gonna happen to my kids or what's gonna happen to my finances or, oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so afraid, right? We're in a war. There's an actual war in the world. Maybe terrorists are gonna type me. Ah, here's a good idea. I won't go out of my house. No, then you're doing exactly what the enemy wants you to do. You're cowering to fear and you're not living out the Great Commission anymore. But, but, but the scripture is living and active. It's a sharper double-edged sword. So you start saying, no, you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power, a love, and a sound mind. If you could see this, ooh, this is getting shredded. Or maybe, maybe, it's, a, maybe it's a stronghold of lust, and you're, you're thinking these sexual thoughts, and they're getting you, and you're like, oh, I don't like these sexual thoughts. They're just tormenting me. You don't have to be victim to them. You, you, you can say, no, it, w- think about these things. Think about, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things of above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things of above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ 
in God. You following me? Right? So for every one, one of these, well, I've been, I, I, I'm, I, I'm having these thoughts of rejection. I'm just, everyone hates me. No, how great the love the Lord lavished on us that we might be called children of God. And you, you cut through. And, and, and there you're just like, you resist the devil and he flees from you through, through the word of God. That took a lot of work. The, the, the word of God, if you're taking notes today, the word of God is a weapon for shattering strongholds. The word of God is actually a weapon. The, the thing is, you don't, the, the problem is we so often live thinking, well, this is just me. This is always going to be me. I'm always going to think this way. And the Bible says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your and how do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by the word of God. So let me just be very vulnerable with you. I've shared this numerous times. But I remember the first stronghold that really I felt like it was overtaking me as a young man was the stronghold of lust. So as a, 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 as a child, I had been exposed to pornography. Numerous ones of my friend's parents had pornography. Yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful that it wasn't as accessible as it is now. I can't imagine what our children are going through these days. Our young people are going through where pornography is accessible at, in, in the palm of their hands with their smart devices. But for, for us, man, the, the enemy was planting traps. And so my friends would pull me aside. Hey, look at this stash of pornography I found under my parents' bed or in their garage or, or even worse, the videos. And so I was exposed to that and those images actually seared onto my mind. If you study the physiological effects of pornography, it actually, like a computer screen left on with one image too long, it sears into the screen of your mind. And so these images would always come back. And so here I am just trying to live my life, just trying to be a, a, a high school student or college student. I remember, especially in college, when I started walking with God, I'd be walking around campus and all of a sudden a pornographic image would just come into my head. And I'm like, what the heck? Here I am just trying to mind my own business. Here I'm going to class and then boom, an image. And then it would just start going down a bad path. And I couldn't, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, get out. Ugh, I don't want to think about that. But it wouldn't work until I understood that we transform our minds by the renewing of our minds through the word of God. And so this is, I started getting very serious with the word of God being living and active. It's different than a textbook. It's different than reading the news. And so I started using the word of God. I started putting it in my mind all the time. I started to memorize it. If you have battles in your mind, I wanna encourage you, memorize scripture. Okay, here's a plug for our equipping class right now that Jeff Ballantyne and his wife Lori are leading in the North Annex. They're actually doing a class that's gonna help you learn to renew your mind through the word of God. So I started, I started 
inhaling. I was an 18-year-old. I got the Bible on CD. It was before we had the Bible app. And I would just, every time I got in the car, I would just play the Bible on CD because I knew there was a washing of your mind. I want to just say, you don't have to live dealing with fear all the time. You don't have to live dealing with lustful thoughts all the time. My question is, are, are, but if you want to just live comfortable Christianity, you're going to deal with it. But if you're ready to put on Christ and be a soldier and get a weapon out, he has given you a weapon for demolishing strongholds. It is the word of God. And so I started flooding my mind, flooding my mind with scripture all the time. If I wasn't listening to a, a, a Bible CD, then I was listening to a sermon. I was trying to memorize it. I started praying it. I started speaking the word of God continually and here's the thing. I started realizing, oh, every time I get tempted with lust, I'm speaking the word of God. I'm memorizing the word of God. Guess what? The enemy hates that. He'd rather leave you alone. So you can just be, you know, just random college student walking on campus. He does not want you to be a person living obsessed with the word. So guess what? He starts removing the attack in that area because he starts realizing every time I attack him, he's just getting more into the word of God. Do you understand? So your attack actually starts working against the enemy because it starts making you into the person you were created to be. Are you following me? Guess what? I got free. People say, oh, this is every man's battle. Every man's always gonna deal with pornography. By God's grace, I haven't looked at pornography in 28 years. It's not because I'm so awesome. No, I felt totally addicted. I felt totally trapped. I, 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 it's, it's not because I'm some superhero. I just got, the, by the grace of God, the, the word of God is more powerful than pornography. Okay, it's not Robert's more powerful. Robert is definitely not that powerful. But the word of God is a sharp, double-edged sword that can set you free from your mental strongholds. Now, what I wanna do is I wanna dive into a text today about two men who find themselves in a literal stronghold through their circumstances. Because what I find is oftentimes it's our circumstances that bring stronghold mindsets into our lives. And, and, and here's what, I, I mean, some people in here, are, you're in challenging circumstances. I've looked around the room. I was praying for different ones of you while we were singing, speak the name of Jesus. And I'm like, man, you're in some challenging circumstances. But I can tell you this, no one's in as challenging a circumstance. I'm looking at the room. I know most of you, no one's in this challenging of a circumstance. So just read with me and look how bad these guys had it. This is, we are looking in the book of Acts in chapter 16, chapter 16, book of Acts. It says, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave. This is Paul and Silas. We were met by a female slave who had a spirit which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. I love that. Paul became so annoyed that I, I often get annoyed. I'm so glad to know that, you know, this disciple of Jesus got annoyed. That he turned around and said, in, in the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. 
when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. This is why I'm telling you, no one's in this today. So they've just been grabbed, they've been brought by authorities and thousands of people now are jeering them, right? And coming against them. Okay, but it's, it's actually gonna get worse than this. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped That's awful. So now all of a sudden they're naked. They're stripped in front of thousands of people. Okay, any of you have a week like this? And beaten with rods. Okay, this is this right now. By God's grace, is not happening in our country. They're stripped down. Now they're being beaten with rods, and they had them severely flogged. Now what is that? That is a whip with nine tails, it has glass, it has metal, it has nails in it, and now they're not just flogged. That's a bad day when you get flogged. It's even worse when you get severely flogged. So their, their back, their skin on their back is being stripped off. They've been, they're naked, they've been beaten with rods, and now they're severely flogged. It's still gonna get worse than this. After they've been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So imagine the pain after getting beaten with rods, getting your back scourged. Now you're in an inner cell. Now you have hard chains on your ankles. And you've seen your friends. You saw James get thrown in prison and then get beheaded. Okay, this is as bad as it gets. They are in a literal, a physical stronghold, and I guarantee you, they start dealing with the mental battle. They're dealing with the mental battle of pain. They're dealing with the mental battle of fear. They're dealing with the mental battle of humiliation, right? So these guys are in a bad shape. Challenges in our lives can come and bring strongholds. So let me just talk you through some of them. Situationally. So you might be in a stronghold in your mind because of a situational battle. So this is, this is not a situation that's conducive to prayer. You're not like, oh, okay, I'm snuggled up in my lazy boy. No, situationally, this is as bad as it gets. The whole world seems against you and you look like you are going to die physically, okay? This is not a, t- a time where I'm sure they were like, oh, this is just a great I've gone into my, my inner closet to pray, right? This is not a time where you would feel like pray. Physically, physically, they're in a jail cell. Physically, they actually have guards. Watch it. Physically, their, their ankles and their wrists are in, in bonds and stocks, right? Physically, this is awful. Have you ever been in a physical, you're, you're doing so bad physically, but I remember when my heart problem was so bad I could barely breathe, I was in such excruciating pain. It was not an easy time to pray. You're, you, you can barely control your mind when you're physically dealing with things like that, emotionally. Imagine how hurt they were by a, a whole crowd of thousands coming against them. Uh, uh, imagine what it felt like to be unjustly ordered into prison by the authorities. Imagine what it was like to be all alone, just 
just them two. Imagine, I, I, I'm sure the rest of the people in prison hated them. They have guards that are yelling at This is a bad emotional time. Are you in a challenging emotional time? Are you in, in challenging emotional circumstances today? Strongholds come through ver, very hard emotional seasons, relationally. Relationally. Relationally, they're, they're in, a, in an other country as foreigners, okay, the, the, the people around them do not like them. Have you ever been in a situation where everyone around you does not like you? No one under, I'm sure it felt very lonely. Like we are the only ones here. We, the, I am all alone in this dark prison cell. Relationally, this is a horrible situation. And even spiritually. Uh, here's the situation uh, these guys are on mission for God. They're doing what God commanded. They're going around the world sharing the gospel. And then how did they get in this situation? They helped a tormented young girl. They kicked a demon out of her. And now what happens? Right? I, 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 I was talking to a friend one time who said I was living for God. And then all of a sudden I found myself in the worst situation. And I was like, God, this is not how the equation's supposed to work. Like it's A, I do what you call me to. B, you bless me. And C, I have a great life. But this is A, I did what you call me to. B, people hated me. And C, I end up in prison with a death sentence. Have you ever felt totally disappointed by God? Have you ever felt angry? I got like, God, you could have done something different, right? I mean, that, that, that's probably been the hardest part of my life, the, the scariest part, just to be quite honest with you, the, the scariest part of my spiritual life is when I'm like, God, you could have done something. You let me down. God, you, uh, why would you, why would you do that? I, I'll, I'll, for, for me, man, last, last fall, I, I asked all the leaders in the church to pray because I was going into this interview, right? You guys know the situation with with uh, the light project, we're trying to build this building, and yet this group has come against us. And I get, it. I get that that people are going to come against you, right? That's just in the Bible. But I'm also like God. I need you to shield me, and so this group comes against me, and so they're always trying to get the news to come and and, and find out what this incendiary group is trying to do. They're they're trying to build a church, right? And uh, and and um and so they 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 send this reporter, and I'm so I'm having. All the, uh, all, all the um, leaders pray and just say, hey, would you pray that this is a, a, a great report? And, and so everyone's praying. And the, I felt great about the whole report until the very end. I made a, a scowl on my face when I didn't understand what the reporter said. So I leaned forward and made a, a scowl on my face. And then they show the report. And at the end of the report, they just show me with this horrible scowl on my face. And, and my communications consultant, they were like, oh, that was not good, Robert. And I'm like, I didn't even know I did that. But it just made me look like this mad pastor. And I'm like, I'm actually not mad. I'm a happy pastor. <laughs> and it sounds funny, but I was so disappointed with the Lord. of like, Lord, you, you, you could have stopped that. But now in front of thousands of people, I look like a jerk. And in front, of, uh, in front of the city, like, it, it makes Christians look bad. Like, well, God, why would you let that? Have you ever had a time where you're like, why, why are you letting things happen like this? And, and then it gets in your head. 
right? Then it gets in your head like, God, you could have done something. You could, God, you could, have, you could have kept this person from dying. You could have kept me from getting cancer. Lord, you could have kept me from going. You could have kept me from losing my job. You could have helped me pass this. You could have given me that promotion. You could have. You could have. God, why didn't you? Why didn't you? And we have this spiritual accusation. You see, the devil has these weapons to, to draw us in to strongholds in your mind. Weapon number one, opposition and persecution. The devil, l- l- let me just be very clear, we're coming to a day much more heightened in America where it's, it's not just a few, it's not just the pastors that are gonna deal with opposition and persecution. Let me just tell you, in your life, you're gonna deal with opposition and persecution. Why? That the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, not just the accuser of missionaries. Not just the accuser of pastors, he's the accuser of the brethren. You are going to have people that oppose you and persecute you. And if you focus too much on that, you will take up a mental stronghold, one of rejection, one of self-pity. Right, self-pity is a big one. Right? One of hatred. If you take the root of bitterness, the Bible says a bitter root will grow up and defile many. So the thing, one of the hardest things to deal with is people that are, are harsh and mean-spirited opposing you, and then you need to turn and forgive them. Let me tell you another way, a tool the enemy's using. He's using humiliation. There's just gonna be times. Paul, Paul talked about being weak. He talked about looking like the most foolish. You gotta understand, this is the smartest guy of the day. He moved in the most power of the spirit, but if he felt weak, don't you know that we're gonna feel weak as believers? And so what happens is these guys get stripped and all of a sudden they're naked in front of thousands of people. There are just gonna be times where you feel stripped and you feel humiliated. And at that time, the enemy's trying to work overtime to to put a mental stronghold in you. This is my life. My life is just awful. My life stinks. And this is why so many people are leaving the faith. Well, if this is Christianity, then I don't want it. And you have to understand that this is common to all of the saints who've tried to walk with Jesus. There are times of humiliation and pain. Affliction, affliction. The enemy uses affliction, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual affliction where you actually, that is why Jesus in the garden, we have the model of Jesus, the son of God, where he is in anguish, so much so as he's shedding blood, right? He's sweating drops of blood because he is so afflicted in his spirits. Just, you've gotta understand when you feel afflicted in those nights where you can't sleep in those times where you're like, my brain, I can't handle it anymore. No, Jesus is with you and he's experienced more. And it will pass. Lastly, the enemy uses temptation. He tempted Jesus, he's gonna tempt you. And sometimes we think, okay, I, this temptation's too hard. If I just give in to it, then I can get some relief. No, right? That's like continuing to, to go, I, I, I wanna get well, I'm gonna drink more poison, right? You, 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 you give in to temptation and more and more and more comes and it's always darker and it's always deeper, Right, you find the, the people that have said, "Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just, you know, I, I'm tempted. Oh, if I just look at a little porn, then maybe I can get some relief." But the enemy will never stop there. 
And so you find that he takes you into darker and darker and more wicked and more perverse. He always, oh, I'm just going to, okay, I'm just going to, I'm dealing with fear about my health issues. Okay, I'm just going to do a little internet search on what's the worst thing that could happen to me right now. Well, that was really smart, right? No, then it just gets worse and worse and worse. No, I'm dealing with concern about my finances. Let me just study how bad a recession could get, right? No, you're, you're, you're doing exactly what the enemy wants you to do. So what do these guys do when they're in bonds? They've had their backs scourged. They've been beaten. They're, they're naked. What do they do? Listen to this unbelievable response. But the same Jesus who lived in them is living in you. It says this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Guys, this is hours after this happened. How do I know? Because they were going up at the time of prayer when they get accosted and they get stripped and they get beaten. So what does this mean? It means that they've been in jail for a long time. And at midnight, these guys who their bodies are, are racked with pain, who their, who their backs are bleeding, they're in a cold inner jail cell. This is not the perfect place for your little quiet time. This is the worst place. And plus they have a bunch of hardened criminals around them that I'm sure, I mean, I would have tried to be more sensitive. I would have been like, well, I don't want to offend the prisoners. Um, I'm, you know, I just kind of, uh, you know, live the gospel and when, when necessary, use words. No, they're like, no, it's time to pray. It says at midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. They didn't care what the other prisoners, they were like, this is the only way I'm gonna survive. This is the only way I'm gonna survive. So so there will be times when the enemy, it's not just a little bond, a little bondage on you. No, he has built a stronghold. Devil, come and build a stronghold. Okay, don't never never pray that. Uh, That is, I'm just saying, sometimes the devil builds a stronghold in your life and it is not, it is, it is not something that, that th- this tool that I used earlier works with, okay? You're, wait, wait, Robert. You just said that that doesn't always work. Wait, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? What, what you need to understand is the Bible says that we are given weapons, weapons. It's a plural word, weapons for shattering strongholds. So you try the same thing. Okay, I, I'm dealing with this stronghold, so I'm just trying, and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, no, and, and you're not getting anywhere, so you're like, oh, the devil finally got me. Like, it's just not working, so I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm gonna live behind this stronghold the rest of my life, because this is the, this weapon that I tried, no, the this, this scripture says you have been given weapons. There are different weapons, and in this case, it was prayer, And it was singing to the Lord, prayer and singing. So it's not just, it's not just quoting the word of God. There are other ones. So you call out, God, I need more. I need you to strengthen me. So the Lord shows up and says, okay, I'm going to clothe you with something new. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation now. I need to see through a new lens. Okay. Oh, well, this looks a little bigger. Well, God gave me a, 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 new, a new weapon. So I, I start saying, I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. 
Your name is life. Oh, wait a second. So I just keep going. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name. And you start, you're like, oh, I'm not just singing anymore to just do this little churchy thing. No, your, your worship is warfare. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Oh, I'm getting into this. Oh, break every stronghold. Oh! Thank you. Um, the Lord is giving you weapons to shatter strongholds. To shatter strongholds. So watch what happens in this text. Let's keep reading this. Suddenly, there was such a violent, look at that word, violent. The, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven advances forcefully and the violent will lay hold of it. Okay, th this comfort Christianity is not gonna work, guys. You're just looking for something to, to just go and sit in your pew and feel a little, a little better for the week to, the, to go in the real world. It's just not gonna work. You, you, you've actually gotta get violent. <laughs> you actually, when the enemy comes at you, you gotta go, oh no, enemy. No greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm gonna give, I'm gonna get violent. The Lord didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I am going to swing these weapons against this stronghold. A violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Let me just go through this very quickly. When you worship and release the weapons of warfare, it shakes the foundations. Some of us need our foundation shaken because the foundation you've been living on is a faulty foundation. I drew up these little images. Many of us are living with this faulty foundation. If you can put up that first image of the little man on the foundation, our foundation, I drew this out on my iPad, our foundation is often a faulty foundation. It's like, well, things are always bad gonna happen. I just grew up in this family, nothing else goes good for me. And, and this is a stronghold you live in with this faulty foundation. No, but as you start worshiping and you start proclaiming the word of God and you start praying, God replaces it with a goodness of God foundation. And every time you overcome a stronghold, the more you become convinced of the goodness of God. What does it say? It says a violent earthquake, it first shook the foundations. Then it says it threw open the prison doors. It threw open the prison doors. Too many of us are living in, in cells, in these prison cells of rejection. We're living in rooms of rejection. We're living in rooms of fear. So we're living in a prison cell. God doesn't want you to live a life of fear. If you can't go out of your house, if you can't drive on the highway, if you can't get on a plane, then fear is actually ruling your life. There are places you don't go, right? If there's things you don't, I could never go on a mission trip to Mexico. Okay, I, I've heard so many people say that and I'm like, yes, you can. The Bible says go into all nations and make disciples. So if this church is going into Mexico, of course we're gonna use wisdom, but if we take 400 people, why can't you be one of those people? 
No, it's because we live in rooms of fear that keep us from living out our calling. And so we start contending with prayer and worship and the word of God. And what happens? Boom, the doors fly open of the prison cells. As long as you are stuck in a room, you'll never, and look, makes you happy, right? You start, you start getting more full of joy. We're going to see that in a minute. Here's the last one, the chains, right? So the, the enemy wants to afflict us. He wants to keep us in, in chains. And what are those chains? Those, those nagging thoughts. But it says once they were praying and worshiping the chains, it says the chains were loosed. The chains were loosened. You don't have to live with nagging, nagging thoughts. You don't have to live attacked in your brain all the time. But it's not gonna go away just by doing more uh, TikTok looking. This is the wrong service to say that to you. That would be the third service. Uh, more... Um, uh, news watching at the end of the night, right? That's not gonna set you free, right? Rem remind me to say TikTok in the third service, okay? When all the high schoolers are, okay. So what happens is boom, you start worrying, the chains come off. Let's look at this. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? When the supernatural gets involved, then people get saved. Your challenges are an opportunity for the power of God to come to bring a lost and broken world to salvation. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy. What you might not understand is the attacks you're going through are an opportunity to access the power of God that, that demonstrates his glory, then sets you free. And when your chains are loosened, did you see? It said then everyone's chains were loosened. And then when people see that, people come in and they go, what the heck's going on? They go, well, it's not me, it's Jesus. And then they go, what must I do to be saved? So your attack leads to your need for the power of God. You experiencing the power of God sets you free. It affects all those around you. And then it causes the hurting and broken world to say, oh my gosh, what you've been talking about. This isn't just comfort Christianity. I'm gonna go sit in a lazy boy recliner and listen to a sermon. It's, no, this is real power to deliver the addict, to set the traumatized free, to set the addict liberated. I want what you have. And then our neighbors our friends, our coworkers actually come to Christ. It's imperative, men and women of God, that we use the weapons of warfare to shatter strongholds. Let's stand up.